Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, send it in to podcast at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. Today's podcast episode felt so full circle for me to record because without the guest in question, I'm not sure I would even be podcasting to begin with or have gone into health and nutrition to the extent that I did. So I feel like I owe her a lot. But in this episode, I chat with Diane Sanfilippo, who I'm sure you know if you are in the paleo space at all. She is a certified nutrition consultant, the owner and founder of Balanced Bites, the New York Times bestselling author of Practical Paleo and the 21 Day Sugar Detox. And her most recent release is the book Keto Quick Start. I'm sure you've heard me talking about it on social media. It just released January 1st. Amazing book, which we will talk about more in a second. But she's also the co creator of the Balanced Bites Masterclass, which I took when I was in college, sort of as my bridge to the NTA. And I'm so glad I took that masterclass. I learned a lot in it. And I felt like having that knowledge really helped me before I did the Primal Health Coach Institute and then the NTA. I just felt like I had a really solid foundation. And she is also the co-host of the top-rated weekly health podcast, The Balanced Bites Podcast. And The Balanced Bites Podcast with Diane and Liz Wolf is my original favorite podcast. It is the podcast that I listen to every single day as I trekked around UCLA campus, hating my life while in college, but I just lived for listening to that podcast every day. So when I first got into podcasts and wanted to learn more about what I considered true health information, I looked up health podcasts on iTunes and I was a junior, no, I was a sophomore in college and I found Balanced Bites and I listened to Balanced Bites and then eventually I added Ben Greenfield in the mix and I basically just only listened to those two podcasts and then I later on added well-fed women to the mix as well but Balanced Bites has always been a constant in my life literally ever since I started getting into ancestral health and the paleo side of things and podcasts in general because Balanced Bites was the first podcast I ever listened to and I really believe that most of my own, quote, personal education came from that podcast. I mean, that podcast alone is its own nutrition course. And as many of you know, when I was first getting into health and nutrition, I was going through a really hard time in my life with my health. And I mean, I swear to God, Balanced Bites podcast was a 
a big reason why I got through college and got through what I was going through. So it was really fun to actually record with Diane. In real life, I visited her in San Francisco and we recorded in person, which was really nice. I always prefer recording in person when I can just because the conversation is more fluid, I feel. But I just love Diane. I She's one of my favorite people to follow on social media. I love that she posts about a range of topics and is an activist as well. And I think we also have a lot in common in terms of our personalities. I love how direct and straightforward she is. And I think we have a similar sense of humor. So I just really love Diane in general. And, you know, she's been working on her book, Keto Quick Start, and kind of showing parts of the process on Instagram. And I was really excited when I heard that she was going to be writing about keto because I think that she has basically the same approach as I do. And she's just, uh, there are a lot of keto books out there. And I don't always agree with kind of the approach that everyone else is taking. And I am I love protein. (laughs) I think we know I'm a protein person. And Diane goes with a very protein-centered approach to keto, which I'm all for. And I just think that, I mean, I love, I've always loved the way she writes and communicates. Practical Paleo is like the Paleo Bible. I've given that book to so many people. Um, And the way she communicates and writes, it's all very clear. It gives you everything that you need to know that's relevant and just makes it easy for anyone to understand. And she's done the same with keto, which I think is really much needed in today's health climate, so to speak. And I've read through the book. I just love the content. Amazing recipes in the sense of I would genuinely actually make all of them. Like she doesn't have anything in there that's crazy and nothing in there where like I would never make that. Like, oh, it looks nice, but I would never actually make it. It all looks delicious and you would actually make it. So I'm really excited about this book. I think that this is the book to give people who just want to know how to do the ketogenic diet in a realistic and safe way. Want something that is easy to understand and not too complicated and also focuses on a whole foods approach because again, people can do a keto diet and not focus on high quality food sources, but Keto Quick Start takes a real food approach. So I definitely am a huge fan of this book. Love it. I love that she's into the protein, especially because so many people in the keto space are just afraid of protein, but we will get more into that in this episode. So definitely check out her new book, Keto Quick Start, which is in bookstores now on Amazon. And she's also doing a book tour so you can check to see if she's stopping in your city. I'm going to be at the LA book signing at the end of the month if you want to stop by and say hi to her and I'll be there so you can say hi to me too. It's going to be a lot of fun. And if you just head to her social media, if you just look up Diane Sanfilippo, she has links to everything and on her website, balancebites.com. So I cannot wait for you guys to hear this episode. Again, it was so like weird, but in a good way to be chatting with her. Like, you know, when you hear a voice every day 
for years and then all of a sudden you're sitting there recording a podcast with them you're like whoa 20 year old christina would never believe this was gonna happen so i mean yeah if i hadn't found balanced bites podcast i do not i would not be where i am today in terms of business or health or like podcasting i wouldn't have learned so much about nutrition so definitely check out their podcast if you don't already listen to it but you probably do (laughs) but Anyways, I am really excited for you to hear this chat with Dan. We're talking all about her new book, Keto Quick Start, and her approach to the ketogenic diet. And she's about to bust some keto myths, keep it real as usual. So enjoy. Does that sound better to you? That sounds good. Okay. Yeah. Do not want to <laughs> overwhelm you with my helicopter? The delicious dish. <laughs> Sorry, that's a really old reference. What um, is that? I'm too old. It's like a... um. It's a Saturday Night Live skit that was a, a spoof on NPR. Okay. So it's okay. fine. It's nothing. <laughs> Are you recording? Yeah. Okay. I'm always recording. Okay. okay. I'm excited. It's probably better I didn't see the book first. Because I can just pretend like I, well, I haven't seen it. So, but <laughs> Otherwise you would me. have to pretend to be really excited. It looks really great. No, it looks really good. You sound surprised. No, I'm just, just like, it's like, isn't it? Well, I can only imagine how you feel because you made it, like seeing it. I yeah. saw your Instagram. You were like. <laughs> I actually, honestly, this this book, um, it was, I was waiting to see the designs until pretty late in the process. And mm-hmm. I was like, can I see something, please? Because I was super nervous yeah. that I wasn't going to like it. And then um, when the first stuff came back, like the initial designs, I liked it a lot and there were still a lot missing. Mm-hmm. And somehow the way the design team really pulled it together, I'm like, I'm actually kind of impressed with a lot of the details that they got. And I mean, we still had to like edit and go back and say, you know, you can't make that this color. It looks weird or wrong or whatever. But anyway, like there was one um like dessert drawing they did that was supposed to be berries with a dollop of whipped cream and it looked like a big bowl of ice cream and I was like mm-hmm. no no that's not what it's supposed yeah. to be like little things like that that yeah. a lot of people might not notice but I'm like no that matters on keto like yeah. it can't look like I mean I don't have ice cream recipes in yeah. there but anyway but you did all so, the yeah. photography in here didn't you I did all the recipe photos mm-hmm. um but like not the up here. yeah there's some like random just food that's kind of food on white that was just stock photography okay. that I liked so yeah. I was like great that works but yeah all the recipes everything on the cover I even even shot my own self-portrait for the cover you did <laughs> like with a self-timer or just got to it yeah like my laptop and I pushed the button then I'm like oh my god because I didn't really have time or like the effort of I'm getting dead. a photographer to come in and do all these photos that then you don't even see them mm-hmm. until days later and I'm like can I just see what it looks like so I can get the picture I need yeah <laughs> such a it's, control freak. no it's so funny you're I'm just like you I would do the same thing I'm just like let me just get this done because do most most people don't shoot their own no pictures. nobody in their right mind would shoot yeah. their own photo like this but I mean I just knew what I needed and I was like, great, done. It took me a couple hours. I was like, that was free also. (laughs) Oh my God. I think the whole book writing process is so interesting. Like people don't even understand. That's why I liked what you showed everything. And you didn't even show everything, but you showed a lot. I tried. I tried. It's a lot of it's not interesting to show. It's just Mm -hmm. like me sitting at my desk with probably like four half empty beverages, Mm -hmm. you know, like random snacks. I did try and show what I was snacking on, like hundred (laughs) percent dark chocolate, which I know we're both fans of. Um, Oh my God. Wait, 
Do you need a bar of chocolate? No. <laughs> I, ha- I mean, I, I'll always take one if you if you want to. We give just it to bought me. like eighteen bars of the Prelis. I don't know how you're supposed oh to say God. it. It's probably fancier I'm than that. I'm so upset because I found I'll I'll bring it to you when I come to your book tour thing. I found the best 100% in LA. What kind is it? It's Buddha. Have you had Buddha chocolate? I'll have to see it. I'll have to look at the label. Yeah. Maybe I I would remember the label better than okay. the name. I think I have a picture on my phone. I can show you later. But it literally, my I was shook. My world changed. My world changed. <laughs> anyway, but this process, um, it's really isolating. So that actually was fun to have Instagram stories as a thing. So like when I first wrote Practical Paleo, Instagram didn't exist while I was writing that. So I would share a little bit on Facebook now and then, which I'm sure people are like, Facebook? Who even uses Facebook? But, I hate Facebook. But that was really all we had. Yeah. Back in my day, <laughs> just kidding. But um, I remember Instagram was first a thing right before Practical Paleo released, mm-hmm. and so like that was just not part of the process. Um, well, whatever. Anyway, um, so it was really fun to just be able to say like, "Hey, here's what I'm working on today," and um, I think it was it was a great thing to kind of bring people along for the ride too, because a lot of people feel very invested and like, I saw this whole process and that's fun for me because it is so isolating. Like my husband doesn't even really know Mm -hmm. anything about the process, except I'm not like the, don't talk to me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, it's really stressful and like my team I work with um six women on like team balance bites or whatever mm-hmm. it's, they sometimes help with little parts of it my um my assistant Nikki actually helps a lot with um writing the draft of the recipe after we mm-hmm. talk about what the recipe is going to be and then um where I have other similar recipes and she might pull together and be like okay here's the draft I have mm-hmm. um and then I'm cooking everything and shooting it and editing the recipe but um and she worked on the meal plan a lot so she kind of did the most of anyone who's helping but then mm-hmm. when she sees the part that she was helping with where she's like oh that's like eight pages out of like 400 or something <laughs> yeah. and there's just so much other work that it's like me and my editor you know like I'll write and then send it in I'm like did that even make sense yeah it's and I'm sure this happens to you blogging and podcasting and all these other things you're like did I explain that already? I don't know. Yeah. Did I, I'm like, did I tell them this part yet? Because I've talked about it so many places yeah. that for me, I'm such a visual person until I can see it in the book. Mm-hmm. I'm like, did I, do I have to explain that more? I don't yeah. really know. Like it's just, I get lost in the content. So long story short, like seeing the book, I was like, oh, this did come out pretty good. Like I yeah. actually was really happy with like the chapters don't seem too overwhelming. I think it seems really, so you'll see as you get through it more, but um, yeah, I think people are going to find it really easy to understand. Mm-hmm. Even if people aren't going to eat keto, I know we're both kind of like low sugar, no sugar people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't mean I never eat sugar, but it's like a general practice. Mm-hmm. Um, people are going to learn a lot about what even is keto and all of that just to demystify it. Yeah. And then, and like what it's not, mm-hmm. this magic way to burn fat that's like the only way to burn fat, which mm-hmm. is what a lot of people think. Um, and also I have a whole chapter on choosing healthy fats that I think as nutrition geeks, yeah, I, I realized I never actually wrote that out anywhere before. And I was like, I need to put this in this book. Obviously, this is one of the most important topics for people to know who are eating keto. Like mm-hmm. really, how do you choose what are healthy fats? Um, and I, I can't believe I didn't write it in Practical Paleo, but I didn't. So anyway. <laughs> well, I'm really excited about this because um, people keep asking me to talk about keto. And I'm like, 
now that this is out i mean i haven't read it but like i know you and i feel like i'm like i'm sure everything in here is like the same thing i would say so you can just read this book i'll let Diane do the hard work <laughs> defer to you so if anyone gets angry and tries to argue i can handle it yeah that's you fine. can definitely handle it for that's sure so funny and um, that's actually one of the reasons why i wrote it because yeah. a lot of my practitioner friends and some of my just like just trusted nutrition world friends Mm -hmm. said the same thing. They're kind of like, I want a book that I can know is trustworthy and balanced and not dogmatic and is going to explain keto, but not be like, and if you don't eat keto, you're doing it wrong or you can't lose body fat or you're a failure, any of that stuff. Um, And I had a little bit, I don't know if I would call it an existential crisis, but like I had this weird sense of so I wrote Practical Paleo and the 21 Day Sugar Detox is a series of three books that actually created that program before I wrote Practical Paleo but then that became a three book series now Mm -hmm. excuse me um and I was like so if I write a keto book are people going to be like what you know this this woman has a paleo book and then these sugar books and now she just writes on another diet topic it was like Mm -hmm. this you know I can anticipate what those thoughts might be And as you know me, I really don't care what people think, but it was more like, how do I come to terms with that for myself? Mm -hmm. And really what I came to was, well, if my peers are saying this would help them, like Mm -hmm. they want to point people to it. Um, My friend Cassie Joy Garcia was like, my dad's eating keto and I really want a book that I feel (laughs) can Mm -hmm. give him. Um, And I know that Practical Paleo, what it did for a lot of practitioners was give them a way to like tell people about paleo without worrying that it's going to sound so crazy and extreme. Mm -hmm. And that's really what kind of hit me. I was like, well, I know this can help a lot of practitioners. I know there are tons of people who are finishing the sugar detox or they're just curious. Mm -hmm. And I really want people to have a soft landing, so to speak. I mean, I am not a soft landing. I'm like a porcupine. (laughs) But but a soft landing in terms of like, I'm not going to tell you to keto harder. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I will tell you if you're doing it quote wrong Mm -hmm. because you're putting, you know, four extra tablespoons of fat on every meal and you think you're going to lose body fat. Like you still can't eat. Yeah. You know, to excess, I will tell you, you know, the quote right way to do it just metabolically, Mm -hmm. but I'm never going to be the keto police or care. I don't care what people eat. Mm -hmm. I just care that they find what works for them and that it's effective and that, what they're following is sound Mm -hmm. because um, I was talking to one of my aunts right before I was like right about to start writing the book and she was explaining how she's like oh I heard about this keto diet and she didn't know Mm -hmm. I was gonna write this book and she's like I think it could really help me but I just don't know if I can do it like I don't know if I know how to add that much fat to my meals and I was like well there's the first problem yeah (laughs) that you think you need to add so much so it was those moments that I was like okay well people need to hear from me and I actually was eating keto mm-hmm. when I wrote Practical Paleo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. I didn't have the whole like, who am I to write this book? I'm like, <laughs> I've been doing this longer than all these other people. I just never talked about it. Yeah. So, and I, people would ask me about it. Um, a couple of years ago, I, like I've dabbled in and out just different times of my life when I wanted to eat keto. And um, I did a couple of YouTube videos and I just kind of got irritated because I felt like people had a lot of questions. And <laughs> You're like me. I'm like, here's the information. Don't ask questions. Yeah, I'm like, I, don't talk to me. Well, I'm just more like, I can't take the time it's going to take 
to handhold someone through a bunch of blog posts. So mm-hmm. I would much rather be like, hold on, yeah, hold that thought. I'll be back in six to eight <laughs> yeah. months with a book because that's just easier for me to say it's all here in the book mm-hmm. and like give me the time and the space to really give you the context you need. Because I think one soundbite on keto is what people follow a lot of the times. And I'm like, I just need you to sit and read this. It's not that long, mm-hmm. the, the quote reading part. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's more than 150 pages, very easy to understand, and you'll get it. And then you can make a sound informed decision. But going to forums and just following people on Instagram and using that is just never going to be the like grounded information that I think people really need. Or even even just asking me on a YouTube video, I'm like, Mm -hmm. we need more space than this to talk about what it means. So, well, no, that's why I feel like this is like a very trustworthy resource mm-hmm. because you you're not afraid to tell someone like oh then don't do keto totally. whereas so many of the keto book people are like very in the space and their answer is always keto harder like mm-hmm. i can tell you give me any health like problem coming from the keto perspective there's always oh well you need more fat oh you mm-hmm. need to reduce your protein oh, it's like a, they always have an answer and people are afraid to say maybe you just shouldn't be keto right mm-hmm. now but like you like on your podcast, you even say that to people. You're like, then don't do keto. Totally. Um, so I think it's hard to trust people who it's like their answer is always going to be keto harder. And like for me, just my own personal experience, like I worked with practitioners where that was their answer and I was like feeling horrible mm-hmm. and they're just like, well, you know, less protein, more fat or like, just- which is not even the way that I recommend people eat keto in the first place. Like, I think that's one of the biggest one of the other biggest misconceptions, like one of them is that keto is this new, like magical only way to lose fat. Mm -hmm. Like somehow this is a really big myth that's being perpetuated or it's like, I I just don't know why anyone, I don't know how people, like people really do think that that's the thing. Like, well, if I want to lose fat, I have to be eating keto. I'm like, but what happened to the last like 30 years where other, yeah, like people were losing fat, (laughs) not eating keto. Like it does happen different ways. Um, But the myth about protein, I think there's a super small percentage of people for whom too much protein could be problematic. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, (laughs) I think people want to think that that's them because it's actually easier to not eat a lot of protein, but then it's not as healthy in terms of um, your metabolism. I've Mm -hmm. heard of women who are like losing their hair or um, just losing muscle mass. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, tell me what you're eating and it's, you know, 80 to 85% fat. And then there's obviously not going to be enough room for protein in there. And I like for people to eat protein first because people are mistakenly thinking that eating too much protein is going to kick them out of ketosis and it's not, Mm -hmm. it's just not going to happen. And we were just kind of joking before we started this episode about carnivore. I do have a, like an FAQ in the book about the carnivore diet. Um, I was talking to Anthony Gustin about it on his podcast like Mm -hmm. several weeks ago, but, um, if you're not eating glucose, you'll be in ketosis. Like that's, what's going to happen. Your body has no other choice. Mm -hmm. And the amount of, um, glucose that your body will make from protein through gluconeogenesis is so minimal. Mm -hmm. It's just going to help maintain body functions that have that minimal requirement for glucose. And that's it. Yeah, people are very afraid of a gluconeogenesis. It's and, it's actually great because yeah. it's just going to help those couple of body functions that need a little bit of glucose. You're going to get it mm-hmm. as you need it. And then that's it. Like the response that your body gives to a dense source of protein of glucagon is always going to outweigh how much insulin 
mm-hmm. response you're getting from it. Um, Dr. Ben Bickman, I don't know if you follow him yeah, on I Instagram. Do. I really like yeah, him. Yeah, I like him too. Um, and I, I referred to him in the book, um, but the information he puts out about that in mm-hmm. particular is really helpful because it tells you exactly how like, yeah, you do get a bit of an insulin response from protein. Great. You want to tell your cells, put these nutrients away into our cells, but you're also going to get that glucagon response, which is what's telling your body, okay, what's dominating here is also to pull nutrients from our cells to actually burn them. Mm -hmm. So anyway, people just get really hung up on that. And especially if somebody's trying to lose body fat, Mm -hmm. protein is the first thing that goes on your plate. Yeah, it can have fat on it because we're doing keto. It doesn't have to be lean meat. Mm -hmm. But if you're eating like a tiny bit of protein, pouring tons of fat on, then snacking on fat bombs later, I'm not surprised at all that people aren't losing body (laughs) fat or that they're feeling like their thyroid is low or they're losing hair or maybe they're under eating calories. Mm -hmm. You know, anyway, I just like. Well, I feel like, I mean, I've seen it create so many food fears because now people are like eating these little itty bitty pieces of protein and then they think that like too many vegetables are going to kick them out and like all they're eating are fat bombs and I'm like, what are, what are you eating? Mm -hmm. I mean, we both like to eat food. (laughs) So I'm, I literally can't emotionally. Mostly celery. (laughs) I had roasted celery today. I know you want it. I know you want it. No, but like. Like, what are you, like, literally, mm-hmm. what are you eating? Yeah. Like, you've taken away all your food, and now you're only not afraid of fat, but, like, that's also, like, what, you're going to have a tablespoon, like, some oil? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I don't know. I think, and people also think that fasting is required. Like, yeah. intermittent fasting and keto have gone hand in hand when they're not necessarily required, right? Um, So now, like, I see so many people who are eating, like, one or two meals a day, and it's, like, three pieces of asparagus and like this much protein and like a ton of oil. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where that's coming from yeah. because I'm not really steeped in the community, mm-hmm. which is pretty typical for me. Like I that's was probably why it's better. It's better. I mean, I, not. <laughs> I, th- I think so. <laughs> um, so I'm not really steeped in the community because I, I first learned about keto from a body bodybuilder style personal trainer friend of mine who I'm actually like still friends with actually dog sat his dog the other day <laughs> like, if anybody saw on my Instagram oh, that's that little that penny yeah that this dog. little dog penny yeah um he and the trainer I work with they own the same gym so anyway and they're just right down the street but um I learned about keto from him because I was eating paleo and I was like I don't know I still feel like I'm pretty hungry like more than I want to be and and I don't say that as like I mean you have you see what I eat like I eat a lot like I just have a very strong appetite I could probably easily eat as much if not more than what my husband eats and he's you know 200 pounds and like very muscly and we just don't need the same amount of food Mm -hmm. energy requirement wise but um and I was like, I don't know. I feel like I'm, you know, I'm just getting hungry more than I want to. Or I'm sometimes I'm craving sweets more again, just eating paleo because, you know, dried mango is, quote, paleo. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yes, at the time, I was looking to lose some body fat too. My, my own, like, body composition, just depending on what's going on in my life, whether it's stress, the types of workouts that I'm doing, I can fluctuate by about 10 pounds, which for anyone listening, that's not, like, health damaging that range is just kind of a normal you know Mm -hmm. we of course have our aesthetic goals that we want to hit but you know it's like that's not about me not being healthy it's just okay 
Maybe yeah. what can I, you know, try something. But it was a bunch of things. And so I learned about it from him back in 2010. And in the book, actually, let me see if I can, I don't know if I can flip to the page, but in the book, I actually put in one of the fit day logs that I had from probably to late 2010. Mm-hmm. It's in the introduction somewhere. Um, because I really logged everything because I was like, I don't know how to eat this low carb. Like I just did yeah. not know what to eat or how to do it. Um, there it is. Okay. <clears throat> Page 17. <laughs> did we put the date on it? Oh yeah. September, September 11th, September oh. 11th 2010. Interesting, right? Bold move. <laughs> it just happened to be the, Oh, that's like, um, like, that's weird. Maybe we shouldn't have looked at that. I know. Um, You're like reprint. <laughs> I know. Like, can we just change it just yeah. for the sake of changing it? But you actually, I could actually give you the URL and you could see like months of data mm-hmm. of um, what I was eating at the time. And you can actually also see, you know, it was like eggs and I had some chicken thigh and tree. I mean, it was just like a bunch of random stuff, whatever I ate. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks, it kind of looks like it's cut off. Oh, there's dinner. And then I added a snack later. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Why does it say snack? Where's dinner? So, um, I learned about it from him and I just kind of like went with it, mm-hmm. you know? And I really, I remember he told me eat 30 grams of carbs. I was like, okay. And then <laughs> there were a lot of days where I eat 40 or 50. Mm-hmm. And then I figured out that, oh, well the 30 is kind of a net carb goal. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, my rebel nature was like, well, he said 30. Most people are like, you say 30, I'll do 20. Yeah. I'm like, you said 30. Eh, I could probably go yeah. to 50. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this extra kale is really not it's the fine. problem, yeah. you know? Um, and we can talk about that too, the whole vegetable thing, because I think people do get really spun out about vegetables. I do want to talk about that. Um, and I have a whole chart of keto foods again, mm-hmm. somewhere in here, but, um, yeah, so, And it was really effective for me. And I was eating this way for about a year and a half early in 2012 when I got to the really stressful part of writing Practical Paleo. That book came out in August and it went to print like early June. So there's some point during, you know, the spring that I was just in it with Mm -hmm. the stress. And I'm like, okay, I, I just... I needed to not be avoiding certain things mm-hmm. just because it was stressful. I think my parents were renovating their kitchen. I was living at home. Um, and so that was when I stopped eating keto. But um, I remember like even finishing Practical Paleo, I went back and looked at the recipes. I was like, I should add some carbs to this because <laughs> I just wasn't really eating them. So um, yeah, so my take has always been like protein, mm-hmm. make sure there's fat, and then we're eating vegetables I bet, honestly, if people just didn't eat sugary things and starchy things, most people, if they were eliminating grains and bread Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing, most people aren't going to eat enough regular non-starchy vegetable content Mm -hmm. to not be in ketosis. Mm -hmm. Like the average person who went paleo back in like 2010 to 2013. Yeah. A lot of people were ending up in ketosis Mm -hmm. and we were talking about people accidentally going low carb back then. So it like people think it's this mysterious hard to get to place. I'm like, yeah. most of you wake up with ketones in your bloodstream in the morning after you yeah. fasted overnight. Like it's not that difficult. It, it's a little bit harder to get to the point where you're making ketones and you're really using them. Mm-hmm. So there's like you're in ketosis, you've got ketones in your bloodstream, and then there's really being keto adapted. Mm-hmm. And that's a little bit different because not everybody's super keto adapted. Um, again, it's still not the holy grail yeah. of everything, but um, it is something that can be beneficial for So explain more about how you would transition to being like really keto adapted. Um, it's really just a matter of time and mm-hmm. consistency. So this is where the people who talk about like, 
you know, if you dabble with carbs and have some more carbs, it might take you a little, it doesn't take that long to really get back into ketosis. If you're an active person, Mm -hmm. like a day or two is really all it takes of not eating a high amount of glucose. If you're exercising, you're going to tap into that stored glycogen that you may have just replenished. Mm -hmm. You're going to burn it. If you're not active, it can take four to seven days. Maybe it varies from person to person if you eat a bunch of carbs, but, um, let's just say you're eating for ketosis and you're like really strict about your carb intake for a couple of weeks, your body is going to become adapted to burning those ketones for fuel. Mm -hmm. It's just people get really worried about um, eating carbs and not being in ketosis anymore. And I think it's just a lot of fear and like religion. The stress, if anything, is going to keep you out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, high cortisol is going to raise your blood sugar and that can keep you out. So if you're super stressed about it, I don't think I wrote about that in the book, but I should have put that in the FAQ. It's like, what are some other reasons why I might not be in ketosis? Like high stress, yeah. being stressed about it. Um, but just to demystify it a little bit, like all it means to be in ketosis is your body is primarily looking for ketones, which are metabolite of fat for fuel versus glucose. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of people who are big keto proponents will tell you it's the natural state of the human body. Like it's a preferred state. And you know, I don't know that I would argue that if glucose is available, the body's going to grab that. Mm -hmm. So that seems to be preferred. If it's there, that's what it's going to go for first. But for a lot of us, that doesn't feel that great Mm -hmm. for a lot of us going through everyday life. Um, do you think that you're probably in ketosis most of the time just because you really don't eat a lot of sugar or starchy yeah. things? Yeah, well, and I've been kind of for the last year like trying to get myself out and I mm-hmm. like can't. <laughs> like I, I like I literally try. <laughs> and, and, yeah, I like kind of I mean sometimes I'll get kicked out but I go back in really easily just because I was doing it for so mm-hmm. long and like people will people make comments like you eat way too many vegetables or like you're eating like I can eat a sweet potato or I can Mm -hmm. eat squash and I'm fine. Like I can eat my, like if I have a dessert, I'm still back in the next morning. Like when I was carnivore, I'm eating lots of protein. Mm -hmm. I'm like, so I have a hard time getting out. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of annoying. That was part of why I had candida for like a year and a Mm -hmm. half. And I was like, I need to get out because I'm pretty sure my, my candida is feeding off the ketones. And I was like, I couldn't get out. Like it was an issue. So, well, that's um, one of the things that people, so in the book, I have to give you a number. It's mm-hmm. so, I hate doing that. I hate it because I'm like, it depends. Yeah. It, there is not a number. So I have to give people a number. It's 30 grams of net carbs as the number. And honestly, I just went with that number to not be like overly controversial on the number just because I don't need all these other people saying like, well, she obviously doesn't know what she's talking about if the number she picks is 50 or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Like, I just don't want people to be getting <laughs> getting their keto panties in a bunch or whatever. <laughs> but the reality is people could be eating 100 grams of carbs in a day <laughs> and know. be in ketosis. Yeah. It has, has nothing to do with, not nothing, but it's not just the food itself. Mm-hmm. It's the context of your body. It's how physically active you are, how much you burn that glycogen that you're potentially storing. Um, and it's really unique to everybody. The baseline that people usually go for is 30 grams of net carbs, which is total carbs you're eating minus the fiber. So again, if you're, say you're eating like 50 grams of total carbs in the day, Mm -hmm. and lots of that is like vegetable matter and all that, and you're getting 15 to 20 grams of fiber, you're coming out around that net of 30, Mm -hmm. maybe 35. Um, even more than that, chances are your body is just not going to be able to get much from that glucose. That's just not a lot of, you know, quote, Mm -hmm. sugar for your body. 
So it's going to go into ketosis. It's just going to happen. You know what I think happens too for some people? The first week can be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. as your body is depleting glycogen stores and you I'm sure know this from your programs with no sugar and for my 21 day sugar detox it's exactly the same days three through seven are when the body is really depleting itself of glycogen and again it depends on the person so if you're a very active athletic person it's going to be closer to day three because especially if you're doing something like CrossFit or you're like whatever you're doing that's burning glycogen mm-hmm. you're you're literally emptying that gas tank and then your body is going to be able to look over to the fat gas tank. But as you empty that gas tank, um, it can be really uncomfortable the period before your body recognizes the other one. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of that time period of that adaptation. Um, And for somebody who's really inactive and used to eating a high carb diet, which I know is not probably most of your listeners, but maybe somebody's parent or uncle or whoever, Um, If they eat a high carb diet now and they're not that active, this might not happen to them until day seven to 10 Mm -hmm. because their body is going nowhere near the stored glycogen because they're constantly eating carbohydrate. Does that make sense? Like they don't need it. So um, I kind of use the analogy sometimes of um, a car that's parked in the driveway versus driving on the highway. Um, Our body burns fat. Like we're just sitting here talking at the table. We're burning fat for fuel. Not that much (laughs) because we're just kind of sitting here, but we're burning fat for fuel. If you go for a walk, you're burning fat for fuel, but your body doesn't really burn much until for, you know, the person who's really looking to do this with ketosis, your body can't get into ketosis and do it with ketosis until you've tapped out on the glycogen. Mm -hmm. So that's really where I think people get kind of confused because we can burn body fat. It's just It's just easier for a lot of people who have a lot to burn to say, okay, why don't I just let my body look for this other fuel source sooner? Um, So, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it gets, it gets muddy and (laughs) it's just, people get really confused about it. I'm still confused what people like quote regular people think keto Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. like, God, a few months ago I go home and Mm -hmm. my mom's like, Christina, what's a keto? And I'm like, what? She goes, <laughs> like it's an object. Yeah. She's like, I heard people at work talking about a keto. What's that mean? And I'm like, don't worry about it, mom. Like anyone from my family, I'm like, they don't know anything about nutrition or anything. And then last night I was at dinner and a family friend, they start talking about keto. And he's like, yeah, I did the keto diet. It worked really well. And I'm like, rolling my ass. I'm like, oh God, what, what version of keto did you yeah. do? Like, I, st- I don't even know what, like, quote, people outside of the, the bubble that yeah. I'm in think keto is. And I was asking him, I was like, so what did you eat? And he was like, I ate a lot of chicken breast and cheese and romaine and avocados. And I have a heart condition, so no salt. And I, I'm just thinking, oh my God, this is like a walking disaster. Yeah. Like, if he like, tried to do it for a long time, he would really probably struggle without that salt. Yeah, and the he, electrolytes that's are, what I was trying to explain to him. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, you know, my doctor says I can't have any salt and I can't have any red meat. And I'm like, here we go again. I'm like, this is too many issues for me mm-hmm. to get into right now. Um, but I'm just thinking, and then he's, he's saying like, yeah, I can't do it anymore. He's like, it worked. Like I lost 20 pounds, but my body just runs better off of carbs. And I'm like, well, maybe, but also maybe like, you, you did it wrong. <laughs> this is, that's one of those cases where I am kind of like, you're, you're quote, doing it wrong because yeah. people think it's, it's a diet mm-hmm. and it's, there's one way to do it. 
And it's not a diet. Keto is not a diet. Ketosis is a state of the metabolism. Yeah. So there isn't one way to get into ketosis. In fact, there's obviously, we were, you know, saying how much carbohydrate you probably eat and are still in ketosis. So, you know, to his credit, when I first ate keto, because I was like, I don't know Mm -hmm. how this is going to go. Testing was like, I mean, I have a blood ketone meter from like, I mean, it was from when I was writing Practical Paleo. My mom sent it to me. She said, I don't know what this thing is. <laughs> you know, pops it what in the mail. What brand is it? Um, I don't know. <laughs> it it looks like a glucometer. Yeah. It's not like a fancy new one. It's uh-huh. from forever ago. And of course, the strips were all expired. Yeah. But um, it's really... So so back in, back in the day, back in 2010, like I was eating, maybe not on this day that we labeled here, but... A lot of days I was eating romaine, mm-hmm. ground beef. Well, also I was on a budget. Mm-hmm. So I was like living in San Francisco, like just starting my nutrition practice, all of that. Um, ground beef, hot sauce, avocado, but it was like eggs and bacon. Yeah. And I ate red, you know, red meat was the ground beef, um, cilantro, lemon. Cause I was like, I need my micronutrients. I need mm-hmm. my vitamin C. I was really good about that. I never experienced any issues with electrolytes. I think because I ate plenty of like mm. pastured bacon and I always yeah. salted my food I re- and ate kale and had plenty of other, you know, um, minerals from my food. Mm-hmm. I wasn't eating mineral depleted food. So I didn't experience any issues with electrolyte imbalance until way later when I would try and do CrossFit, which was also just a dumb idea. It wasn't, it's just not that wise mm-hmm. to try and do high intensity activity like that without paying attention. But Um, you know, to his credit, like that's the way people paint it a lot of the time. And I think that's why I don't give people like, here's a list of the only foods you can eat that are keto. Like I have a keto foods list in here. Let me see if I can find it. I should start remembering what page it's on. But what I do on the keto foods list is I just basically show you how many carbs are in different foods. And you also get a chance to kind of eat some foods that are not the lowest or zero carb. Like Mm -hmm. when I say to eat keto, I don't mean you can only eat this small group of vegetables. Mm -hmm. Like you can eat any of this stuff. But if what you're eating has, let's say, you know, seven or eight grams of carbs in a a serving, it just means let's not eat like 10 servings of that today. But nobody does that anyway. Like to the point where we're making, if I were to just look at (laughs) what, unless you're me, (laughs) but even still like the, the glycemic load of what you are eating is just not going to have that effect on your blood sugar. So when is this a random string? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I think that, you know, that's one of the reasons why having this book, like yeah. if you're like, hey, why don't you read this book? I think it'll give you a different picture of what it means mm-hmm. to eat keto. It doesn't have to mean this really narrow scope of foods, but also, I mean, unfortunately what happens a lot of times, you know, people are coming from the doctor who's like, you can't have this, you can't have that. And and that not having a lot of salt in the context of a really unhealthy processed food diet mm-hmm. could be good advice, yeah. right? But in the context of a whole foods diet where there's sodium almost nowhere naturally, there's sodium naturally in egg whites mm-hmm. and obviously salt, um, but there's also this like total shift in water Mm -hmm. and electrolytes. So if the doctor has no idea that going low carb is going to pull water and electrolytes out of his system, then he doesn't know that the benefit of having salt 
is having that sodium to keep some water balance yeah. in his body. So, you know, it does get dangerous in that way because people dangerous from the dogmatic side, people mm-hmm. are like so caught up in like, well, what is the list of foods I'm supposed to eat? I'm mm-hmm. like, unfortunately, that's not really how it works. Yeah. Like, we I have know. a lot of foods that we can be eating. Yeah. Well, and it depends on, I mean, also I think for a lot of people, when I <laughs> she just, looks really like, I am just I get tired of sad about this uh, stuff because the questions people ask me, I'm just get annoyed. Well, but here you go. I'm like, also a lot of times I find that what someone needs to get, what someone needs to eat to get into ketosis is going to be completely different than like once they're like actually mm, fat adapted mm-hmm. and keto adapted. Right. Like, so maybe at the beginning you need to be more particular about yep. sticking to non-starchy veggies. But mm-hmm. I know when I'm working yes. with people, I'm like, all right, let's get you in and then let's like push the carbs mm-hmm. as high as we can. So yep. you have a wider variety of options. Um, <laughs> you're fine. Um, if I burp on this thing, will you <laughs> cut it off? Cut it no, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's she endearing. probably won't. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. I didn't even hear it while well, I was like talking through <laughs> the burp I think you gave yourself away <laughs> no but yeah s- like you know I want people to push it as high as they can so they feel and same with the protein like mm-hmm. if people want to argue okay maybe some people are more sensitive to protein they're not I don't think they are <sighs> I really think that that's- I don't think they are either but people show their glucom I don't know and I'm just like if you want to say that like I'm just like all right I'll let you say that at the beginning but then once you're in it like I don't know. That's why I think this whole carnivore thing has been really interesting because mm. so many of these hardcore keto people now are like, wait, I can eat way more protein and I feel way better. And sorry, two months ago, I told you to eat two ounces of protein a day. Like, and I'm like, yeah, don't feel afraid. So, okay. So the people for whom the super high fat approach, really moderate protein mm-hmm. can be beneficial are the people who are eating a ketogenic diet for therapeutic needs. Mm-hmm. So if they have a neurological condition, if someone's dealing with like epilepsy or um, just any type of neurological condition, um, Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's, those are that's a therapeutic intervention. Mm-hmm. And it's very possible that keeping the fat that little bit higher and the protein a bit lower, and I talk about that in the book, I thought, call it therapeutic keto eater versus like an everyday fat burner or a fat fueled athlete and the way that we can balance our nutrition. See here, it's going to happen again. That's because we're drinking sparkling water. It's the fancy water. It was my choice. Sorry. I know, but it, that's my favorite now. They set you up for failure. We're right getting our, our electrolytes, True. our minerals. <laughs> um, so here's the thing, like that's where the ketogenic diet really originated in this therapeutic intervention for neurological health. Then um, listen, this is not like a complete history of the ketogenic diet. I'm just explaining what I know in terms of that history is that's the initial spot that we saw benefit from it. Um, bodybuilders are the most keen when it comes to obviously metabolic manipulation, hormone manipulation, like they're the ones who know what to eat to get different results better than anyone. This is why the whole IAFYM thing, like macros, whatever, became so popular on like Instagram and the internet because people can get results. Mm-hmm. You can definitely get results in the short term. Who knows what's going to happen to your hormones in the long term? I've had plenty of clients who ate that way, you know, did figure competitions and then are like, I don't have my period for a year. So, you know, we can see what's effective for fat loss and, you know, body composition manipulation in that way. And then there's this other realm of, oh, 
do some people just feel better eating this way? Mm -hmm. Do we have good results because it feels better? Um, Does it feel easier to eat this way? A lot of people find it a lot easier to eat this way. I mean, the, the diet world from, you know, 30 years ago and even more recently where people are like low fat, higher carb, whatever. I mean, nobody said high carb, but that's what you end up doing when you're low fat, right? Um, For a lot of people, that's really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and doesn't work. For some people, it's fine. Honestly, I would never say eating 30% or less fat is bad for everyone. There are some people who actually feel good and they're healthy eating that way. Like to ignore that that's going to be true is like putting blinders on and being super religious, like a very balanced way of eating. If you were to free eat whatever foods, most people are going to be about 50% fat, maybe um, 30 to 35%, maybe 40% carbohydrate, Mm -hmm. and then the rest protein. Usually it's not that much protein. That's like how the average Mm -hmm. diet would kind of shake out. Um, But taking this route feels really good for a lot of people, you know, and it's like a big relief for someone to realize that I can eat meat with fat and some veggies and it tastes really good and I can potentially lose the body fat that I've struggled to lose with these other ways of eating that just left me feeling starving all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, and angry at my chicken breast. (laughs) I know. And I just think it also depends where someone's starting from. Like going Mm -hmm. keto isn't that far off from someone who's eating paleo. No. Like it's really not. It's like, like. Two choices different. Yeah, exactly. It's not a it's not a big deal, and it's like, I I was earlier this year like trying to play around with my macros, and you know in NTA we learned thirty thirty forty like forty percent carbs thirty percent. That's the zone diet. Yeah. So, yeah. and I was like, I wonder what it would feel like to eat like that for a day, and it's I, hard. And, yeah, and I was like, holy shit! Like I can't. I can't get my carbs that high. Like, no matter how, like, I just can't. And throwing away egg yolks. Yeah. You have to throw away egg yolks exactly. to get to that low like fat. If, if yeah. you're just eating like meat and vegetables, like, even if you're eating high carb veggies in the context of a paleo diet, like, mm-hmm. you're still low carb, mm-hmm. you know? And then keto is like, you know, maybe drop, maybe drop the extra starches. That's it's really that all it off. is. And that's why, too, like, when people see my meals, I mean, if you look at the food in this book, it looks. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing at myself because a lot of people call my first book practically paleo. I'm like, that's a totally different word than practical. <laughs> like that's an actual different word with a different meaning. <laughs> who, who says that? I don't know. People are like, oh, I, I love your book practically paleo. And I'm like, like, no, you don't love my book. <laughs> but I'm just kind of like, that's a really different yeah, word. Yeah. Like it's two letters off, but it's a very it's different like word. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, but if you look at the recipes in here, here's the thing, like the way I approach keto food it's just food. Mm-hmm. Like this is just food. It's and listen, I'm not a hater. If people are creative and skilled, <laughs> I mean, I've seen. I don't really know. I kind of should have asked you to bring me something so I could taste one of your no sugar treats. I'm like, mm, I'm not sure I believe you that these oh are tasty. God. I'm, good. I'm like, not even any Steve. Do you put Stevia in them? No. no. So like, good. I will rock your world. Okay. All right, I'm gonna send you. Some. I will maintain my questioning of it but i will <laughs> withhold judgment yeah, completely you try it. but if you look at these recipes it's not like again i just have to have that caveat of like i'm not a hater so if you are creative and you can turn cream cheese into something magical have fun i don't eat that way mm-hmm. i'm not judging it it's just literally i'm 
I'm a type eight Enneagram. I'm saying this literally. I don't eat that way. That's yeah. not what I eat. So it's not the food that I give people recipes for in the book. Mm-hmm. And it's also not what I think is the way to approach keto. I want you to just eat meat and vegetables. It's not like super mysterious. And like you said, it does kind of look like paleo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can add cheese if you do well with cheese, but it's going to look like cheese. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't look like bread or a roll. Mm-hmm. And I'm not whatever you can make that I can't bake to save my life so like literally there's not a tortilla in here because I couldn't make one yeah I I had it on the list I was like I'm gonna figure this out nope I think I tried like twice and I was like that's why I don't do it because but then I'm not it's not what I'm eating and so it would be really disingenuous for me to be like okay here's keto recipes Mm -hmm. when that's not what I as a you know nutritionist even eat to be in ketosis do you know what I mean so it looks like normal food it's it's beef and chicken and fish and pork. And um, I did focus on protein a lot, Mm -hmm. partially because I want people eating protein. Also, if I tell you how to make keto chicken tenders, I think you know how to put a salad with it. Yeah. Or roast some fennel hair. (laughs) (laughs) You got to roast fennel hair with the celery. I've seen way too much fennel and celery. No, I think it's hilarious. Never too much. It's good to have your thing, you know. It's good to be known for something, Christina. Um, If that's my legacy, I'll be fine with it. I used to be like bacon girl and I'm glad that I basically have now I think I'm watermelon wonder kombucha girl. I don't know what people know me as now, but, but so I do like a spinach Alfredo and I have, you know, zucchini noodles with a creamy spinach sauce. It's like Mm. lots of veggies. Yeah. It doesn't look like, Oh, this is a keto cookbook. It just kind of looks like normal, healthy recipes, which. Yeah. No, I, I feel like the keto space has transformed to like, let's hack how we can make normal food, which is what paleo did too. Right. It was like paleo fying things. Mm -hmm. And look in practical paleo, I had a flourless brownie. I had a couple of muffin recipes. I have one muffin recipe in this book. And I mean, caveat emptor buyer beware like oh my I mean, god it's good I've, it's been tested i tested it several times we had recipe testers test it but i'm like i'm not your i'm not the baker yeah buy like a craveable book or something like that for your baked goods but um people did that with paleo a lot it was like let's just make treats mm-hmm. and um i actually am kind of like you where I do think if somebody wants to make something they consider a treat Mm -hmm. and it actually doesn't really have treat and like it doesn't have sweeteners in it, I actually feel a lot better about that because Mm -hmm. I think if emotionally you feel like that's a treat, more power to you. You know what I mean? (laughs) You need to taste my desserts first. I I do. So like the treats that I have in this book are pretty much all no bake. Yeah. So I have like a no bake um, carrot cake bite, which those are my favorite, and the salted peanut butter bites, mm. um, stuff like what that. What do you mean peanuts are? <laughs> I was kidding. I mean, I use you cashew butter peanut and butter. peanut butter in here, and it's just a matter of fitting it into your yeah. day, like raspberry gummies, and this is all just like I don't yeah. know, just like healthy normal stuff. Um, and I do use a little bit of stevia. That's the only yeah. sweetener that I use in the book. There's one that I really like. Um, now Foods makes. It's called Better Stevia. I've tried countless extracts. Mm-hmm. And this one I like. It doesn't have a weird aftertaste. I think you just need a tiny bit. And I think that that's okay for me. It does not trigger cravings or mm-hmm. make things like nutty. Um, like in the head, not like nuts. <laughs> but 
Yeah. I mean, I just want people to look at this as I'm going to eat real food. I'm not going to be eating tons of carbs. Yeah. And that's what's going to get me into ketosis because that's the truth. Yeah. It doesn't have to look the same for everyone. I want to get into more of some of your like more specific recommendations. So first of all, someone's keto. What adjustments do you make for like, so, okay. If someone Mm -hmm. has a medical condition, we Mm -hmm. talked about that for a second. Mm -hmm. What would you do for someone who's looking for fat loss? On keto, okay, so why don't we talk about this? She was trying to quick fire, but obviously I'm going to take another route. How long do these episodes run? Three hours? Yeah. Is it like the Joe Rogan Approximately (laughs) 4.5. So in the book, I have two different things I have you take as an approach, two different approaches, sort of. One is like the intro approach where... I call it savvy keto. And that's kind of what I was alluding to before. This was my best attempt at like an acronym (laughs) to describe what I want people to eat. Um, So the S stands for start with protein. Uh huh. Remember, I talked about that before. And then A is for adequate fat, not add 40 pounds of fat, Mm -hmm. adequate fat, just making sure there's adequate fat there. We're not avoiding it. We're eating cuts of meat with fat, the Mm -hmm. skin, all that stuff. Then the V is veggies. The next V is variety. Mm -hmm. Because as we were talking about, sometimes in the beginning, you kind of get into your like one veggie, whatever. Mm And then yes, to herbs and spices. So Savvy Keto, this is really just how you build your plate. You're going to follow that for a while before you look to fine tune because a lot of people are just going to have great benefits and find the results that they want, whether it's fat loss or the two other big benefits I think for the average person are better appetite control. Mm -hmm. I mean, isn't it nice to just like not get hungry as often for a lot of people? Maybe not if you needed to gain some weight, that wouldn't be nice. But for most of us, weight loss is harder. Um, and then improve mental clarity. I mean, for so many people who are struggling with brain fog or just needing to, or wanting to nap throughout the day, Mm -hmm. feeling much sharper is a huge benefit of, um, ketosis. Okay. So then for fat loss, if after a month you're still seeing progress, just kind of building a general keto plate. Great. After a few months, still seeing progress. Great. If you hit a plateau, or you're just not seeing that progress. So I'm saying that with the caveat of like, we don't need people counting and micromanaging from day one. It's just not critical. I also think it's too much. Like how we were talking about how it gets too stressful. I think counting and being that way is too stressful from the very beginning. But if it's not working for you, then this is where tracking does come in. Mm -hmm. And the way that I approach it is really more about accountability than limitation. Mm -hmm. It's not about like, okay, you better not overeat or you better not do too much. It's really about what is going in the pie hole (laughs) because we were saying before about protein, I would be willing to bet that most people who are not losing fat on keto are way under eating protein or way over eating fat. They're probably fine with the carbs, right? Because Mm -hmm. they're really good about tracking and knowing how many carbs they're eating. But I want people to track how much protein they're eating. And the way that I describe this in the book, so I give you a way to calculate what's your calorie range and I'm like kind of rolling my eyes and using like air quotes a calorie range just because we need a target like I need a target I can't just give you like this free roaming whatever um eat what's on the page for that target how do you feel are you starving at the end of the day okay eat some more protein and some kind of green vegetable maybe a little bit of fat but at least then you see for the day like no you don't need three more fat bombs Mm -hmm. eat something that's going to be satiating and I want it to start with protein yeah that's how it's gonna go um if you 
calculate out and you're like, okay, this calculator thing said I need 2000 calories. And every day you're getting to the end of the day and you're like, I keep not eating all of that, but I feel full. I feel good. Then maybe you don't need 2000. Maybe you actually need 1800. Like, Mm -hmm. and this is, again, it's not exact because we can never know the exact number of calories in our food. It's really just more about, I mean, it's like, I, I'm rolling my eyes at myself. You guys, so don't worry. It is about portion control for a lot of people who struggle to lose body fat, Mm -hmm. because if you don't know what's going in, how can you know what results to expect? Yeah. I, I just think that there's, there's a lot of us and, and I'm one of the people who no matter which way of eating I'm going to follow, I feel best when I eat low carb keto, mm-hmm. like my metabolism, my body, I feel best when I'm not eating lots of carbs. Mm-hmm. But I can lose body fat anyway, mm-hmm. whichever approach it is, if I'm tracking. Yeah. Because I, I'm a good eater. Mm-hmm. I can make food that's really good. And it's really easy to, to take in 500 calories extra a day that I really don't need for my metabolism. Um, and I think that that's a really common thing for a lot of people. Yeah. And then on the flip side, some people are really under eating and that's going to slow your metabolism too. So I want people to see, are you under eating? I need you to be eating a lot more. Or if you're really overdoing it and you're like, shoot, I didn't realize I was eating. Somebody told me the other day, she's like, well, here's what my macros were supposed to be whatever, 30 grams of carbs, about 120 grams of protein and 240 grams of fat. Where she would be in this range, she she really should have been more around 140 grams yeah. of fat if that's how much protein she was yeah. eating just to really balance it out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, you're really, yeah. you're overeating fat for your, so, okay, you- let me just say this. If you're trying to lose fat, if you're overeating fat, when does your body get the chance to burn what's sitting yeah. On your butt. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's exactly what people need to understand is that I don't want you to go hungry, but our body has these, I call them magic moments when we can actually burn what's stored. Mm-hmm. When we're fasting, we can burn what's stored. When we get hungry and we don't have to eat immediately. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not saying be hungry, but you know what happens when you're Eating a high carb diet, if that's not working for you, you go from hungry to hangry in about an hour or less. And when you're eating keto in an hour, you might actually not be hungry anymore. Mm-hmm. You may be like, oh, I thought I was hungry, but I guess that kind of went away. I mean, that just happened to me. We got back from lunch. I was like, that lunch was not that filling, mm-hmm. but I feel fine now because my body actually switched to just tapping into what's stored mm-hmm. in that moment because it knows how to. Um and then when we exercise, mm-hmm. those are the times when we can b- tap into what's stored. But if we're eating as much fat as our body needs every single day to burn, then we're burning what we eat. We're never tapping into what's stored. Yeah. And that's the difference. Like people think that they can just free eat fat on keto. I'm like, well, okay, like eat it if you want to. But if you want to burn what's here, mm-hmm. you have to have these moments where yeah, your body is hungry for it. Like literally that's what it's eating. Mm-hmm. I know no. it seems creepy, but that's what that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> like creepy. it seems creepy. Like my body's hungry. It's, it's gonna um, eat we're me. heading we're heading to the love handles today. <laughs> to no, but it, it's true. And like fat is easy to overeat. Mm-hmm. Like it's liquid, you know. Like versus one people, tablespoon. Yeah, people can see a bigger piece of protein or like more vegetables visually, but mm-hmm. it's easy for people just to pour it on. I mean, like you guys want to know how I I gained ten pounds in like two weeks by adding four tablespoons of fat onto every single mm-hmm. meal. That's like, exactly what I told my husband to yeah, do to gain weight. Exactly. Like it works, you know, like calories are 
going to matter. It's a thing. Yeah. Um, and that's why I don't understand these people who are like, oh, you're not losing fat? Reduce the protein. Or eat more fat. Yeah, and eat I'm like, more fat. Where, what, on what planet yeah. does that even make sense? I know. It's not, that's not it. It's not it. At, oh my gosh. I can't. I mean. <laughs> it's all right. I'll let you cool down. <laughs> She's like having a heart palpitation. I really want to know who told them that that was accurate. They're just people. What physiology is that yeah, following? I don't I understand. I don't understand either. But it's like some keto handbook that's somewhere. <laughs> well, somebody- there's been, God, what was it? Where like they showed like eating low carb, you can eat more food um, <clears throat> and like not not gain weight off of more food like more calories are different when you're low carb but i'm like how far is that gonna go that's yeah. like when people say like oh you have more muscle so you can eat way mm-hmm. more that's like how much more calories are you burning a day mm-hmm. like not that many so like <laughs> so to the point about calories too like i'm not about again it's not like the calories in calories out mm-hmm. exact number it's what does what hormonal signal is mm-hmm. being sent throughout your body in response to the food. Yeah. And when there's an excess of energy, mm-hmm. the response in the body is we don't need to burn what's stored. Chill out metabolism. There's yeah. plenty coming in. Like that's the signal. So that's kind of what I want people to understand too is like it is about calories because they bring energy into the body and that mm-hmm. energy sends hormonal signals throughout the body of what to do mm-hmm. with what's either stored or not. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. So people are going to hear this and think, okay, so then should I, if I want to lose fat, just do like non-starchy vegetables and lean protein? Like, should I just cut out the fat? It will work. (laughs) You will not feel great. And you'll be like, this is boring. (laughs) But that's what bodybuilders eat a lot of the times. Not all of them. There's lots of different ways that they do it. But lean lean protein and non-starchy veggies is like a cutting diet. Yeah. Um, is it balanced and healthy and, you know, mm-hmm. going to help you absorb fat soluble vitamins? Mm-hmm. No. Um, but what I do say is the whole adequate fat thing. If you're eating chicken thighs, which have a fattier meat on them and then the skin, like eat the skin. It's the best part. Right? I know. Wasn't life so much better when you're like, oh my gosh, chicken thighs are so yeah, much better I know. <laughs> than chicken breast, God. which I am going to make some chicken tenders that are in the book tonight. And I use breast for that because I, I think that they kind of, just the texture yeah. is better, but yeah. chicken thighs are life. I know. Um, They're so good. But if you're having chicken thighs and then you're having maybe like a salad with it and you put a little bit of dressing, a couple tablespoons of dressing, mm-hmm. which would equal out to about one tablespoon of olive oil. If you use two tablespoons of dressing, it's like one to one and a half tablespoons of olive oil and a bit of vinegar, whatever acid you have in there. Um, you don't then need to also add a half an avocado and a couple ounces of cheese. Like you don't have to add all this extra fat because the way that fat will balance in your day as a result of the lower carb intake is you're going to be eating a higher percentage of fat just naturally. So that's where it is. It's like, we don't need to be scared of it, but we don't need to add tons of it, especially for trying to lose it. Mm -hmm. If you want the benefits of ketosis for just um, the mental clarity or, you know, like my husband, he does well with it because it does allow him to eat some more nutrient dense food and then add more protein and fat and kind of, you know, keep his starches lower. And he did gain some muscle mass doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, You can do that too. And you can add more fat at that point. Mm -hmm. But like, that's the diet that I gave him. So if you're trying to lose body fat, 
that might not be the approach. Yeah. Okay. Can we talk about kind of like long term mm-hmm. keto versus like should this be cyclical? Like mm-hmm. I think it's kind of hard for people to wrap their heads around. Maybe they they go keto and they feel a lot better, but mm-hmm. then months down the line things change and like what do I do? And I'm just curious. I don't know what you're saying here about. Do you see this as like life? Things change like they don't feel like doing it or they don't feel well doing it or what well. changes. Like, especially with women, mm-hmm. like hormones are changing, even like the hair things mm-hmm. or like energy is low. I'm hungry all the time now all of a sudden. Like, like you know, it's what was working. You know, I was doing it mm-hmm. for three months. I felt great and now I don't feel so great. Like um, for those types of people, I think this comes back to like, is it keto harder or is it like this keto isn't working for mm-hmm. you? Well, I think... A couple of things. One, if you are eating adequate protein and you're kind of following what I'm talking about in the book, first, like see where they get with that. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not really eating the protein, you might you might just not feel well at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is interesting. People really like to crap on the Atkins diet. Yeah. Because I had to research it a little bit more um, because I was asked to compare it to just keto in general for an mm-hmm. article I was writing a while ago. And... I think the reason why people don't like it is that they, a lot of people stopped at what he called induction, which was basically like a get into ketosis, a deep ketosis as quickly as possible for the first few weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you stop there, that's kind of like extreme, but his approach was to have people add back carbs until they got to a point where, you know, it was like every, I forget what the time span was. It was like for two weeks, add another five grams, which I'm laughing. So I'm like, oh my God, five grams. Like who can count to the five gram number, <laughs> but it's something to that effect. So like, say he had you at 20, he wanted you to add up to 25 for two weeks. Are you gaining weight or not? And his program was very, very focused just on like fat loss and really controlling metabolism. But I definitely think like you were saying, it's hard to get out of mm-hmm. ketosis. I think people can keep adding more more foods back. I mean, Mm -hmm. the point shouldn't be to continue restricting and limiting. The point should be to see, and like Mark Sisson said this years ago at a paleo conference. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I've been talking about. (laughs) What can we get away with? Mm -hmm. Like, what can I get away with to have the results that I want to feel good, to have my metabolism feel like it's, you know, moving along healthfully and all of that. Um, So I think that keto is a great tool. I think you can use it for the short term and see how it works as a reset for you. And if you're like, you know what? Um, I like how I feel eating keto, but I want some more butternut squash. You're probably going to be able to eat that butternut squash and feel just fine. But if you're like, I just really want to be eating gluten-free cookies every day, you know, whatever. I don't, everybody can do what they want to do. I'm just saying, look at what you're what you're bouncing back to because I feel like some people are like, well, I either eat keto or I just eat whatever junky foods or I either eat paleo or I just eat junky foods. I'm like, can't there be something in between yeah, that's like, like healthy and what? I'm like, I'm not like that. I'm not, no, I mean, I'm not either. It's like, even if we're not eating something, you know, there was a period of time last year where we were like, we were eating gluten-free toast, like mm-hmm. avocado toast pretty often. And then we got to the point where I'm like, we can't buy this. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want this in the house. But that was like our quote, bad food. Yeah. Like really, that's not that bad. Um, but so I want people to find like, what's the balance? And I want people to have this as a tool, know how to do it, 
if you're interested, you want to see how it works for your body. I think it's great to know how to do it because what if a family member of yours gets diagnosed with a certain type of cancer that could really benefit from keto Mm -hmm. and not to be like doom and gloom, but in that moment, the idea of them figuring out how to do it is so stressful. And if you're like, well, I did this for like six months and so I totally know how to do it. I can help you. Mm -hmm. I just think it's a great tool to have in your toolkit of, you know, nutrition and how to eat Mm -hmm. um, and to figure out how it feels for you. I also think we go through seasons of our life. So I explained when I was writing Practical Paleo and I hit that point where I was like, I just can't Mm -hmm. with the keto thing because I don't know if I was tired. I mean, I was tired. I was stressed. Um, Keto can be just another stressor on the body. And if you're not in a place where that additional stressor, the same way exercise can, like it's exercise is healthy. But on a very taxed, very stressed body, you might not be getting the hormetic beneficial yeah. effect of the exercise. And the same thing can happen with keto. If you're like way too stressed, um, your hormones are depleted, you're just not doing well, and then you add keto on top of it. Of course, there are some people where it's the, the sugar and the blood sugar that was causing extra stress. So keto is going to help. But for other people, it's going to be more of a stressor. So I do think it's important to kind of observe where you're at in your life at different points in time. And if something's not working for you, it's not it's not all or nothing. No one's going to come after you. And if you're in a community or your friends are the type of people who are going to be like, well, if you're not eating this way, I can't be friends with you. Like I have some friends who recently told us that they were eating vegan and we're like, okay, like uh, it's not what I think is optimal for human health. And if they ever ask like, oh, do you have recommendations about supplements? Like I will be here to answer questions, but I'm not gonna be like, you're wrong, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, So I think it's really important to like not get stuck in a dogmatic place. And add back healthy foods that are carbs and see how you feel. I mean, I don't think carbs are the devil by any stretch. I just think that some people do feel better not eating tons of them. Yeah. I thought that was like a really good explanation in terms of the stress because there's this whole camp in the keto space. That's like, if you want to heal your body, like talking about all these people with these, whatever's Mm -hmm. going on to heal, you have to be in ketosis because ketosis is going to help you heal. And then you read, you know, people like, like Chris Kresser has plenty mm-hmm. of articles. Like if you're really stressed out, you might need some more carbs. Right. <laughs> but like the way you just explain it is perfect because it kind of depends like why, what are you healing from? Yeah. Right. Like what are, are you, you healing from? Yeah. And, and one of the analogies I use and I teach, um, the balance based masterclass, like an online nutrition class that we have, as you know, you yes, took it. I did. Take um, it. the stress speaker is like my analogy yeah. because I use that all the time. People, well, thank yeah. you. Um, <laughs> But, it's a great analogy. But it's like we all have a different sized stress beaker. Like, and I just like, it's like the one thing I've had from chemistry class, you know, back in the day. But like, we all have a different stress beaker and you could be filling it up with different things and it, it, you're pouring stuff into it. And sometimes it's just like a single drop at a time. Mm-hmm. And you never know. And that one drop of additional stress is going to have it overflow. And you don't know what's going to cause that. But at the same time, like, it's so hard to know if that particular potentially beneficial stressor is what you need. Mm -hmm. Like for some people who are dealing with metabolic issues, exercise is really beneficial. Mm -hmm. But like walking, that's probably as much stress as that person's body can handle. And it will be beneficial Mm -hmm. if you push that person too far you're like past the point where it's beneficial. Do you know what I mean? So the same thing with keto. I think people can benefit from eating low carb 
and not being in ketosis, there are plenty of people who it's like, well, why don't you just maybe not be in ketosis? And you're yeah. like, she's laughing because it's like, duh. Like, <laughs> why don't you just eat like 75 to 100 grams of carbs and don't get to ketosis if you don't want to, but you're probably going to feel a ton better. Mm-hmm. Your body is going to get to a place where it can be adapted to burning fat for fuel. It won't be ketones necessarily, mm-hmm. but that doesn't, just because there aren't ketones doesn't mean that you can't lose body fat. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I think it is really important, especially women, because I don't know, man, people hear something that can help someone. And it's like, we cling to it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, yeah. Oh, maybe it can help me. <laughs> and then you like get down the rabbit hole and you're like, I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing. And I'm part of something. Yeah. I think people like to be part of something. Yeah. I don't like to be part of things. <laughs> I know you don't. I'm not a joiner. <laughs> Random side note, but just because you threw out 75 to hundred grams of carbs, mm-hmm. I find that a lot of people feel really good there. Mm-hmm. And I've helped a lot of, like a lot of women get their periods back mm-hmm. in that range. And I was just listening to, like Laura Bryden was talking about some study that came out on ovulation and basically how like the range of God, I want to say it was like 90 to 120 is like mm-hmm. the worst carbohydrate range for women because you're not low enough or high enough. And then she was like, your, your cycle won't be right. And I'm like, I don't know. It's really weird because I was like, I find that a lot of women feel good, like at a hundred, mm-hmm. like, you know, so I was just a random side note, but that's, I mean, a hundred grams of carbs is like one meal in your day, you might have something pretty starchy, like mm-hmm. rice or something like that, or, you know, some potatoes, and then maybe you're having fruit and then vegetables. Like, mm-hmm. it's really not hard to add up to that. And yeah. it's also not that much. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That was a weird study. But okay, let's... That's interesting. Let's, sorry, I'm like off topic. But what I wanted to get to is, so who... Maybe you can like say some populations who you think this might be something you should give a shot right now. And and some people who you're like, maybe this is not good for you right now. Um, so the people who I think I personally don't recommend that anyone who has struggled with eating disorders for emotional reasons. Listen, I've heard some women have told me keto really helped them and they were in that place. As a nutrition professional, I think it's irresponsible if I were to say, if you're struggling with an eating disorder, like you should try keto. I just think that's irresponsible of me as somebody who is not a professional in that realm. So in the book, I talk about that. And like, if this is something you're struggling with, it's not what I would recommend. I don't necessarily think a type one diabetic is best suited to keto. Um, that's not to say it can't be helpful for them, mm-hmm. but a type one diabetic is someone who will be at risk of diabetic ketoacidosis if they have high ketones and then decide to eat some carbs mm-hmm. and glucose spikes in their bloodstream. Um, high ketones and high glucose at the same time are nearly impossible in a person who has a normal functioning pancreas. But if you don't and you don't have beta cells that can make insulin, I don't know that I think, and that's probably a controversial opinion. So I'm just throwing it out there. I think a low-carb diet is probably really helpful. I think type 1s can really manage the amount of insulin they're taking. And if people are struggling to pay for insulin, like I'm like, get the carbs out of your diet. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you have to go all the way to ketosis. Um, those are a couple of populations. And I do talk in the beginning part of the book who keto is for and who it's not for. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to sell everybody anything. I don't, I mean, I'll sell you some spices, <laughs> not you, because they all have garlic. I know. You kind of make me garlic free. I never, it'll never happen. It'll literally never happen. So I'll pick the we'll garlic just have to move out. 
it's okay. I suffer through it sometimes because it tastes so good. Suffer? I'm sorry. I mean, my personal... My, the results for yeah, you. Yeah, the results. Um, taste good, though. So I do talk about... I just want to make sure I'm not forgetting anyone that I talk about who it's not for. So... <clears throat> Um, unless the child has a neurological condition that you're trying to treat with keto, um, children of a rapid growth and development age, so usually under 18, I just don't think it's necessary. You can get the sugar and crap out of somebody's diet without putting them on keto. Um, I think that somebody who's a hard gainer, so like a super thin person, again, that's not to say it can't be helpful. I'm just not going to say this is your first Mm -hmm. stop, um, someone who's diagnosed with hypoglycemia, not just, I feel extra hungry. I feel like my blood sugar gets low. Like you actually have a diagnosed condition with hypoglycemia. I don't think that um, keto is really a safe place to be. Um, I talk about the elderly. I think for some, again, it can be super helpful if they have a neurological condition, Alzheimer's, all of that. But like, you really don't need your grandma to and I was be like, going keto. Your grandma's probably like 70 pounds. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're usually shriveling away. <laughs> exactly. And like, you know, they don't need it. Um, I say pregnant and breastfeeding women who were not eating keto before only because again, we talked about the stress factor and all of that. Like somehow women get pregnant and they're like, what new diet can I try? I'm like, can you just deal with the things that your body's telling you you want to eat right now? Like, let's just stay there. Um, and someone who's dealing with adrenal fatigue or extreme exhaustion. Mm -hmm. Now, again, a caveat, if you know that that's happening as a result of eating too much sugar, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or for me, like if I'm coming through a stressful period and I know that when that stressful period ends, like I will feel so much better if I just really cut my carbs Mm -hmm. way back, then, then that's fine. But I give all those, like all of those people really, this isn't your first stop. I kind of want those people to just not eat crap yeah they can maybe eat like a balanced paleo diet etc so and then um it can be practically paleo you can be <laughs> practically paleo <laughs> sometimes people called my book balanced bites and i was like i get that my blog is Almost. called that my my um podcast but i'm like the, like the name of the book is on the cover um and then you and your alliterations what keto bites, practically paleo practically I mean, keto quick start it actually kinda, is yeah. alliterative even though it's not the same letter um but then for people who i would recommend keto if somebody is like generally healthy and wants to optimize or tweak their nutrition and just see how they feel eating this way again i think it's a great tool and then um, for folks who can use it to heal. So I, this is where I really have a different opinion. Like the type 1 diabetic, different story. The type 2 diabetic, this is a really helpful, beneficial healing way of eating. Anybody who's got a metabolic issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, again, like you can use this as a tool. People are going to get off of medications. Like they're going to be feeling better. They need to be talking to their doctor, their endocrinologist to make sure that they know what to do because you can't keep taking all of these blood sugar medications when you stop eating carbs because then your body's going to kind of freak out. You won't need as many medications. Um, if someone has an inflammatory condition, autoimmune condition, um, if you're in a place where, I mean, if for a little while, if you have candida overgrowth, it can help mm-hmm. for a while because you're stripping out the carbs and getting that sugar out. Maybe you can flip to the other side. Well, and if you have like systemic candida or like long-term, like that was like, I was at like a year and a half and I'm like, all right, this isn't rolling at that point. But yeah, short term. You have to rebalance it. Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's, and I, I, I think for the average person, 
figuring out if this feels good for you mm-hmm. can be really helpful. And that's why I want people to do it in a way where it's real food. Because if you figure out that keto feels good for you, but you did it eating, you know, just burger patties and cheese and romaine lettuce, then you're like, well, that felt good, but it's not sustainable. Yeah. And we we're talking about like, how do we do this longer term? I think it can be really sustainable if you find a way, first of all, to just balance your plate more with a good amount of vegetables. It's not that strange to eat meat and vegetables. I mean, Some we don't think, think it's that it strange. Is. It depends what vegetables you eat, right? Exactly. <laughs> if you're me. But you can also have like a day now and then where you eat those foods that, you know, maybe it was the gluten-free cookies or whatever mm-hmm. it was going to be. And you can have them. Your body can get back into ketosis if that's how you feel the best most of the time. It doesn't mean that you can't like, you know, have something else on a holiday and like, oh my gosh, you're kicked out of ketosis and you'll never get back and now you failed. Like, no, if this is how you feel good most of the time, I don't call it cheat days, but it's, you can have some more carbs on certain days. And I talk about it in the book, how to do that and like yeah. ma- make it a lifestyle. And if, if that means having carbs on different days, that's okay. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to be in ketosis 100% of the time to get benefits from it or just, yeah. you know, make it your lifestyle. Sometimes people get better ketone readings when they increase carbs. Like mm-hmm. I know a few people who it's like a, a few women who like their carbs are so low, it's actually more stressful on their body. And then they added in some like healthy like starches and then their ketones went up because it was like less mm-hmm. of a stress. So mm-hmm. it's like, cause stress is going to raise your blood glucose. Yeah. What about, what about with, um, cause you mentioned this a few times with working out, mm-hmm. how would you adjust workouts or would you? Um, I think, so this depends the type of workout that you do. So, um, you have to see how you feel. You might actually find that you feel fine. Mm-hmm. Like you might not notice anything. Um, if you do CrossFit style workouts where you have a lot of high intensity, like bursts of movement, um, that is glycogen dependent activity. So that's going to deplete the glycogen stores in your body. And that basically just gives you more wiggle room to eat some more carbs, but there's no set number. I do give you recommendations like X number of grams. You can try and eat this and replenish Mm -hmm. after your workouts. Um, everyone just has to kind of see, you have to see how you feel as you go along. And I think that's like probably one of the most sketchy slash dangerous parts of, giving dietary information is like people just want rules to follow and they don't want to have to um, keep track of how their body is really responding to it and just want to like follow the rules and it's either working or not. But it's not that simple because we all have different stuff going on in our bodies. So if I'm doing my workouts and I'm like, okay, I feel fine and I'm responding as I expect in the gym, then I continue doing what I'm doing fine. Mm -hmm. If I'm like, wow, you know, Uh, my trainer is like adding these different movements in and somehow I feel like I'm not that strong. Like Mm -hmm. what is going on? Maybe I can add a little more carbohydrate after my workout. So the next time I go, um, I'm going to be able to get through that a lot better. So you definitely, it gives you more wiggle room basically. And I mean, I think everybody should be lifting weights. Like that's Mm -hmm. walking and lifting weights. If there's only two things you can do, I mean, there's lots of other great activity, but I think those are some of the most beneficial. Yeah. Well, something else I wanted to talk about was this digestive issues Mm -hmm. on keto. So Mm -hmm. I guess people say that they get constipated on keto. Um, (laughs) Like, I guess. I guess. And in my head, I'm like, I mean, maybe you need some more fat. But yeah, what do you think? what What do you see? People, it really depends on what the, why they're having digestive issues because mm-hmm. some people have digestive issues the other way because they're getting too much fiber. Mm-hmm. And for those people, 
fewer vegetables is really helpful. Less fiber can be really helpful for those people. Um, it, it just depends on the person. Mm-hmm. Um, we can we can add fiber if we need to. You can be adding like ground flax or ground chia or something like that. But in, in the section that you were just looking at here in the book, it's not as detailed as practical paleo, but I do take some notes and some cues just to tell people like, if this is the health challenge that you have and you're eating keto, here are some considerations. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the way I approached it in here because it's not as like deeply of like a therapeutic meal plan, the way mm-hmm. I wrote in Practical Paleo, where I give you, you know, diet and lifestyle. Here's what to add and avoid. Mm-hmm. Supplements to consider, um, different foods to eat with specific nutrients. That I do have in here. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of catered it to what is keto-friendly. Yeah. So if I'm looking for something like vitamin C, I'm going to tell you all the places you can get vitamin C in your food mm-hmm. that aren't oranges. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's not going to be a high-carb food. Yeah. Um, but with digestive health, there's just no one size fits all. Keto can be amazing for someone who's dealing with digestive yeah. issues, like really amazing. And like you said, for someone else, if you're not pooping, we have a problem. Mm-hmm. Like if you're constipated, I need for people to address the constipation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a friend who owns a colonic clinic and she's like, you would not believe how many people are constipated. Like a lot of people just don't poop and if you're hypothyroid obviously like that can can cause it too um well this has been my life you need to be able to eliminate because that's how you're getting rid of everything and toxins you talk about all that stuff um so if you go keto and you're not pooping like we need to address it you know come find me on instagram Mm -hmm. we'll we'll talk about we can troubleshoot you know get a health coach who can help you troubleshoot Mm -hmm. um and there are ways to again either add some carbs Mm -hmm. Maybe you're still going to be in ketosis or maybe you find out without enough carbs to feed my, you know, gut bacteria, I can't go to the bathroom. Eliminating at least once a day is really important. Mm -hmm. So if that's not happening, then we need to like adjust things. I think that's one reason why people are afraid of the protein because people also like think that the protein's constipating. I got, (laughs) so I got a colonic a few weeks ago and she was like, you know, you should start eating less animal products and more vegetables. And I was like, yeah, I know I roll, <laughs> but, and I was like, really? really? Cause the only time I've ever been regular was when I was eating only animal products. <laughs> and she's just like, I've never heard of that. And I'm like, now you have, yeah, now here I am. <laughs> like, that's why I think carnivore is so interesting. I don't know. I still want you to, <laughs> I still want you to talk about it. You did it for 10 days. We, we did it for 10 days. Actually, it was probably more like nine because we had one day where we kind of ate some other stuff just yeah. because we were like, okay, we're going to, we thought we were going to go longer. So uh-huh. we kind of had one day where we <clears throat> ate other things, but, um, that sounds more interesting than it is. Eat other things like vegetables. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just the other day, so we came back from our trip to Hawaii and we're like, let's just try it for a little while and yeah. see how we feel. Because basically my husband's like, does not want to eat vegetables. So he's like, how can I not eat vegetables. I'm like, yeah. well, you can't also eat starches then. We're going to do carnivore for, <laughs> you know, 10 days. We did meat, eggs, um, cheese, uh-huh. you know, dairy, like all just animal products. Um, I did have herbs and like a little bit of microgreens. Like I was not eating any like big time vegetables in that time. Um, I felt fine, but by whatever it was like day 10 or something, I mean, my husband went and got some kind of lunch somewhere where it was like a burger with egg and cheese and he was eating that and he's like I just felt like eating the the kale that was there like for him to say he felt like eating kale yeah. 
And I was like, I just want vegetables and I don't, I'm not going to keep eating a certain way unless I didn't really have a strong reason for doing it. I don't have like a health condition I'm trying to heal. Mm -hmm. If I did, maybe I would stick longer with it. I basically just felt the way I do when I eat really strict keto. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just a little bored. I just like vegetables. I mean, I know it's hard. It's (laughs) hard when you're a foodie. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard when you're a foodie just to stick with the... It was definitely more satiating, though, when we would eat like a big steak. Mm -hmm. Red meat definitely felt more satiating than chicken or pork. Mm -hmm. Red meat and fish, which actually those are my favorite anyway. And yeah, like I would just eat red meat and fish. Good excuse to eat more, right? Like if I, yeah, I ate two pieces of salmon with ranch dressing instead of just one and veggies. Mm -hmm. But look, Protein and carbs have the same number of calories per gram. So mm. you're, I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to eat a second one of these. You would be eating the same thing. It's just not protein. Yeah. It's just veggies. But yeah, yeah I just kind of got bored. I was like, I just want some veggies. <laughs> I was like, hallelujah, cool. buying all I the know. greens again. Like, <laughs> I don't know, but I'm whatever, whatever feels good for people. Yeah. You know? Well, okay. What do you think in here? Is there anything in here that you're like, this might be really controversial? I mean, I think stuff we already talked about, the protein intake. Um, I think the counting, a lot of people are going to be super hater about it. I'm like, are you a practitioner? Have you worked with enough people to know that some people need this? Some people have no idea how much food they're eating and they're not having success. And, And what I think is cool is when you discover that you could eat certain portions and actually feel satiated i'm not trying to starve anyone Mm -hmm. by any stretch i'm like no i want you to get what you need Mm -hmm. i don't want you to get an extra thousand calories you Mm -hmm. didn't need because you're not getting the results that you wanted um it also goes the other way too though because when people are mm -hmm. under eating it's like you could eat way more and feel better and i think some people blame the diet when Mm -hmm. i'm like actually you weren't even eating enough food or Mm -hmm. you were eating way too much and whether it was keto or not it's not gonna work for you so i think those two things um I don't know. I mean, some people might say, oh, I mean, I could literally think of like all the criticisms that people will post on Amazon, like that the recipes don't have like creative things being made that are keto, like people would do with paleo stuff. Like I don't, like I said, I don't have a lot of baked goods and someone's yeah. like, this is just regular food. And I'd be like, yeah, keto. it's regular food. Like yeah. it's just real food. Um, but aside from that controversial, I don't know. I also don't really care. You you're, know, you're just, like, a, who's, you're just a, constant controversy thing. I just don't just I like just to I'm like I'm just gonna pot. tell you how to do it and if you you want to argue with me that's fine I'm not really like, one go to go get another keto book then it's like how you are you're like I don't want to tell you how to do it. I'll tell you to get her book and I'm like yeah. you don't like my book get someone else's book return sure. it I don't it's fine but I oh I God. do think that if people follow it like it's yeah. gonna work for you if you do what's here and if it doesn't I'm also not gonna like take it personally or think that you're a bad person or you did it wrong I'm gonna say maybe keto's not for you yeah were there any like keto misconceptions or mistakes that you're really excited to kind of go after I'm the protein, protein. one is the biggest yeah yeah, yeah. No, I'm pumped about it and and veggies like I was talking to Leanne Vogel about this where she said she had a t-shirt she made that I was like I need one of those where I was like I don't count my kale and yeah. I was like I need that because who are the crazy pants people who are counting? If you're listening to this and you're like, I was counting my count. I'm not saying it's like, it's zero anything. Yeah. I'm just saying you can probably eat several bunches of kale in a yeah. day and you will be just finding ketosis. Like mm-hmm. you might have other issues. Like your gut might revolt because that's a lot of kale. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I'm not, I don't yeah. really think of myself as 
super controversial type of person. Are you serious? Am I? <laughs> yes, you are. Really? You're very controversial. Really? I on, just don't want... On Instagram? Oh. I'm calling them out. Calling the I hold out. people accountable yeah. for their behavior. Yeah. If that's controversial, oh lock God. me up. That's no, fine. I love it. So uh, are you eating keto now? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You like it? Do you test your ketones? No. Yeah, I know. Like. My test is usually this feeling like we got home and I was kind of hungry and then it's like an hour to, I mean, we've been talking now for 10 hours roughly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think that's really a test. Like yeah. if an hour later I'm not hangry, it just kind of doles out and I can go. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a difference. And you know, a few days ago I probably did have some gluten-free cookie dough that's in my freezer. I didn't even bake it into cookies. Just a cookie dough. My kind of girl. <laughs> that I made. I was homemade. But, you know, I think that um, that's not like an everyday thing. Like an everyday thing for me is 100% dark chocolate. I really enjoy it. I think mm-hmm. people should enjoy their lives. Mm-hmm. And if you enjoy eating keto and the way that I present it can help you enjoy it more and see that it's really balanced, it's real food, we just happen to not be eating lots of carbs, mm-hmm. that, you know, Um then I think it's great. I think it's a great tool for people. And I want people to have a tool that they feel helps them do it in a sane, balanced, healthy way. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not always what people think it is. I think I like being that person where I'm like, it's not what you think. Yeah. Like here, look at all the green <laughs> things that we're eating. You're you know like, what I mean? It's just food. It's just food. It's not, it's not this great mystery. Yeah. It's, and it's not, it's not, I don't think it's that hard to get into ketosis. It's not. And. Unless you're stressed out about it. <laughs> but um, it's also not the end all be all for everyone. And I'm never going to, you know, pitch it that way or whatever. So I don't know. I'm just excited for people to have the book. I'm excited mostly for, for women like you yeah. or like, you know, practitioners who feel like you want to be able to refer people to something that is healthy and balanced that you can, like you said, you can trust that I'm not going to like throw people off the deep end. But I I do feel like I'm telling people the real, real with the whole accountability thing, because I do think there are a lot of people who didn't realize, oh my gosh, I was eating 3000 calories. Of course I wasn't losing weight. Do you know what I mean? If, if they don't need that much food in a day. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. Can I always count on you for some truth bombs? (laughs) (laughs) How, how, How do you like feel like emotionally? Like, Oh, with the book yeah. being out, I'm like, what? <laughs> what is it? Um, it's a it's a big relief. Yeah, you know, now that it's done, I I'm I'm really proud of this book. I, like, I'm surprised because I wasn't gonna write it. I was like really resistant to writing it. Um, but I'm glad that I did because I'm I'm excited that people are excited for it. Yeah. You know, that's a nice feeling. Um, and. I'm excited to go on tour because that's my favorite part of writing oh, a book is okay. like being able to meet people and answer the questions and kind of um, just connect with the community and not just be online, you know? Mm -hmm. That's really, that's a fun part for me. Yeah, I always always wonder if the tour is more or less stressful than the book. But Oh my God, it's it's so much fun. It's much better. I mean, it's a lot of logistics Mm -hmm. and after an event, like I'm not going to go get dinner 
with anyone. Yeah. Like people are like, oh, if you're going to be in this town, I'm like, first of all, the event is from seven to nine. Yeah. So there's no doing things after. Mm -hmm. I'm not an after party person. I'm like, I will go home and lay down and not talk to anyone. (laughs) Like I could talk to Cassie if we were touring together. We can talk to each other. I can talk to my closest friends. Um, So it's not stressful in any sense other than like it's a big energy output for me, Mm -hmm. but it's not stressful. I really, really enjoy it. Even the travel. I try and book it so that it's not, I'm not taking a 6 a.m. flight. Yeah. You know, I'm not doing any of that. And um, yeah, I've done it so many times now. I was joking. I was like the Mick Jagger of paleo, like book touring (laughs) back in the day. Cause I keep like inviting more friends. Like who's got a book coming out? Let's do this together. Because touring alone is so not that much fun. Uh Like I'd rather do this with other people. Um, But it's just such an honor too, to show up and, however many people are there you're like people get really excited about I don't know just like celebrities and like for people to nerd out and show up at a book signing like I think that's really cool when people actually show up Mm -hmm. at the thing I'm like you left your house that's hard to get people to do look you can wear your sweatpants do not you do not look if you want to put a cute shirt on because we're going to take a picture but wear your lulu pants or whatever that's fine with me um, I only get dressed up nice cause I'm like, feel like I have to walk in and look, you know, <laughs> look the part. Um, but I would wear my sweatpants if it was like socially acceptable. Um, but I just, I think that that's cool. And I really, appre- I appreciate everyone who comes to the event so much because it is a lot of energy to travel the country. I mean, it's a lot of airplanes and a lot of <laughs> germs and sketchiness. I mean, you'll see all my cold care tips. Um, but Yeah, I mean, I just think that that's cool. And that's what really makes then being on social media less weird for me because I've actually met a lot of the people who follow me. Um, I've I've met them in real life. They've come to an event or, you know, whatever. When I used to teach seminars, they came to a seminar. So it's like, it's not actually hundreds of thousands of strangers or whatever. I'm like, I've met thousands of these people in real life. So to me, that's like what an honor to be able to do that. Yeah. That is, do you ever find that people you knew from the internet, then you meet them in person and it like changes how you, how you read what they wrote? Um, (laughs) no, not really. (laughs) No, but people often like really clam up. Oh, and I'm like, I'm just a person like, yeah, you know, we all poop. (laughs) I mean, hopefully, um, not everyone. Oh my gosh. And I, um, it's really cute. Sometimes people will give me like a note or like a letter that they wrote or something like that. That's like really sweet. And I'm yeah. usually like crying reading Aww. those in my hotel room all by myself. Like, oh. <laughs> um, and that's really sweet. But no, I don't know. I just, I get it because I, you know, yeah. people like that too, that I'm like, I don't know how my picture with Oprah. Yeah, Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like a VIP. Like I like, you know, she doesn't know me, Yeah. Um, but I do feel like I know people. And if we take a picture together, I, and like, I remember those moments, you know, it's a lot of people, but it's still like, I like seeing when people post it on Instagram and I'm like, okay, it helps me ground and like know that person more. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I yeah. don't know. So I like that. I don't, I don't like having a bunch of strangers following <laughs> the internet. I like when it's people who really get to know, yeah. because then we were kind of joking about this earlier. Then when I speak a certain way on social media, they get it. Yeah. Like they're not like, Oh, she's being mean. I'm like, I'm actually not being mean. I'm just holding you accountable for your behavior yeah. and you're not used to it. But yeah. like people who've been in a room with me, they, they start to feel, they understand my tone and they understand that like, 
I actually do know what's going on. <laughs> like, I'm just being really direct, but yeah, Stay it's direct. That's right. Oh my God. <laughs> well, awesome. I'm really excited to read the whole thing. Um, you can take this one with oh, you. Oh, I can. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, I feel like we're on a real like radio show because we we're in person. Christina and we're, like, radio. Well, and I'll get another, I'll buy one when I come, I'm going to come in LA to your book signing. Okay. I'm definitely um, expecting to see you there. I will be there. And I have my friends coming too. You can bring me something to eat because I actually will be in LA for a few days after that too. So oh. usually I'm like traveling. Sometimes somebody brings me broth and I'm like, um, do you have requests? I'm like, unless I can do something with this, I'm like, oh gosh, I have to get on a plane. Oh, like, for glug, sure glug, for glug. you the chocolate. I would like to try one of your like crazy looking concoctions. I don't know what. What's crazy looking? I don't know. They just look like, like they look like they should have sweetener in them. And I'm like, I try and do that. But I'm like, you really take it to another level. I'm serious so I don't, about it. I'll, I'll bring you something. I'll ping you when I see one. I'll be okay. like, what is that? I'm going to try that. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. I'll do that. All right. Tell everyone, as if they don't know, where to get the book and where to find more from you. When is this airing? Do you know? Um, I'll put it up whenever. <laughs> whenever we decide. Yeah. So I mean, it'll be after it's out. <laughs> okay. So presuming it's available, it's um, on sale January 1st. But if it's before that, it's just pretty much online. But um, wherever books are sold. All so right. Barnes & Noble, it should be in Target and Costco. All of those stores starting hopefully January 1st. I mean, retailers are usually open January 1st. Um, and you guys can follow me on Instagram, just at my name, at Diane Sanfilippo. You don't have to know how to spell it. I think if you start typing Diane S, it'll come up. Um, and online, I'm at Balanced Bites and the Balanced Bites podcast, if you like podcasts. And I'm also in 2019 going to have like a separate site just at my name, just diane.sanfilippo.com. So that'll be kind of separate from like the food and nutrition stuff. It'll be more just like, I don't know, business and mindset and Fancy. Different things will be separated out because I've got lots going on with my spice company and Balanced Bites meals and all kinds of things happening. Yeah, I'm excited to learn more about that too. So we'll stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. All right. Well, thank you again. This is great. Thank you. Thank you to Diane for coming on the podcast and chatting all about her new book, Keto Quick Start. Make sure you check it out. It's at all booksellers now it's also on amazon and go ahead and let diane know if you enjoyed this you can find her on instagram and leave a comment on one of her pictures let her know you loved it and make sure you check out her book tour dates to see if you want to hop on in book tours are fun i whenever i find out that someone is going to be near me for a book tour like someone whose book i I have read I always like to go because there's something so fun about meeting the person in real life so that's gonna be it for this episode make sure you leave a rating and review on iTunes if you enjoyed it it really helps me out a lot and I would love it if you joined our podcast Facebook group wellness realness podcast tribe you can meet other listeners and we would love to have you in the community So that will be it for this episode. Thanks again for listening. I hope you have an amazing day and I will talk to you again next time. Bye.